This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Friday, February 2nd, 2024, and we are 83 days away from the NFL Draft in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome in to the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite, the official beer, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We've got Nick Harris, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans here on this Friday following Shrine Bowl action inside Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. We also have the Senior Bowl coming up tomorrow. We're going to hit both of those here in a matter of moments. But, hey, we're here. All-Star games are starting to roll in. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of this process where you're starting to see these guys come out and actually hit each other a little bit. I I mean, Nick, you and I were there last night, and I was surprised the first play of the game. I, I mentioned it yesterday. Darius Musau, linebacker from UCLA. I said, I want to see him come downhill and hit somebody. Yeah, he heard you. Did not waste any time. It was the first play from scrimmage defensively, and he plugged the A-gap and just destroyed this line. I forgot who was toting the rock. Yeah. Uh, He probably forgot who it was, too. (laughs) Musau hit him hard. He did. And so, I mean, you're talking about legitimate hitting. It was a competitive game through and through. The ground game, actually, was really impressive last night. Yeah, Musau had a great game, and it started with that one, but he had a great week. You want to talk about the running game, though, specifically looking at Team West. Mm -hmm. Uh, Frank Gore Jr., he stole the night with that uh, 49-yard touchdown, Mm -hmm. being able to cut back a couple of times, cross the middle of the field, and then get loose. Man, that was so awesome to see. But also on the West team, I think a guy, me and Zach were just talking about it out in the hall, Way Blake Watson out of uh, Memphis. Yeah. He, he didn't have the best week, in my opinion. Uh, but going into uh, coming out of the game, I mean, he was phenomenal. He was active in the receiving game. Uh, he was making some quick cu- uh, quick cuts between the tackles and being able to get loose. He finished with 12 rushing attempts for 46 yards, and then he was the leading receiver for Team West as well. Six receptions, 65 yards. So uh, he was really active in, in both areas. I think he's a guy that could be one of those type scat backs that you would like to see at the next level. I mean, those are becoming more and more popular when you look at day three draft picks uh, teams are trying to find that healthy receiving option that can kind of combo uh, with a with a running back one and, and Blake Watson he, he was trying to show that he's worthy of being that yeah his big playability is there he's so I, I, I was just I noticed his vision even when I looked at film on him prior to he can process really quickly and that burst when he sees it is is impressive um, and it was I thank you for mentioning the run after catch ability in the open field because that was one of the things that mm-hmm. uh, stood out to me and also too if you watch him if you watch his eyes he's reading defenders he also does a good job of um you know playing off of his offensive lineman's hips so i i think that he's going to be he could be a good guy that you could add to a backfield and you can get some big plays out of. I, I know that if I'm a defense, I'm going to be on my heels when I see him get the ball. So, um, no, he definitely stood out to me as well. You, you, what you got on him, Zach? It's interesting because I was surprised at just how efficient he was yesterday. I, I was too because you said he, he – he didn't stay down in practice, and really. And he's kind he of a tweener, right? Because he is like a wide receiver running back, similar to what Tony Pollard did there mm-hmm. at Memphis. I, and to me, yeah. you know, when I was watching him, I'm like, okay, he definitely is a natural pass catcher, uh, but can he run up in between the tackles? Is he physical enough to do that? Because he's a skinny guy. I mean, when you watch him line up in the backfield, kind of his stance is Matt Forte-esque to me, <laughs> the way he's like upright. <laughs> but he is skinny. But yesterday, I mean, he was putting it up there with reckless abandon in between yeah. the tackles. He was running hard and he was making some people miss so the pass catching about ability is not something you you wonder about him but could he be possibly a three down back or would he just kind of be a third down specialist kick returner option but I think he showed a lot last night Blake Watson I think I knew Frank Gore Jr. I think we all did that yeah. kid's got something yeah he's special a team's going to be excited to have him but Blake Watson was was very intriguing to me where do you draft Frank Gore Jr.? We were talking about this last night. We were. And I think it's mm. interesting because going yeah. into the game, I, I put a six-round grade on him. I would give him. I think coming out of the out of the game, who knows? I maybe have a, a fifth. I was. Oh, you oh. have a four? I went four on Frank Gordon. I, oh. I have him as a very. Why do you like him so fifth. much? You know, to me, I think he's a guy. He dominates obviously when you're at Southern Miss and you're in Conference USA, and you guys know this. Of course, we went to to the UNT and, and you Go did all green. your work with rivals. 
you want to see these guys dominate that lower level competition. But then I watched him against Miami, and he's grinding it out. He's against elite, you know, higher level competition. And I think he's a guy that gets better as the game goes on. He's got really impressive contact balance. The field vision's there. The competitive nature's there. Obviously, he's got the bloodlines with his dad. I mean, heck, we almost had the first ever uh, running back father-son duo if Frank Gore Sr. had been able to make it just a couple more years. But I'm not putting it past him to come back for another year. Yeah, I mean, he was there last night. He, he, looked he was like on he the could... sideline last night, and he looks like he could still. Maybe a short yard with the rock a little now? bit. Yeah, absolutely. He's in a boxing career now. He's two and zero. He just knocked out a guy a few weeks ago. I You're mean, right. Yeah, he's 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 His off to bigger career. and better things. But I also think he's <laughs> got for him. That's awesome. He is. I also think Frank Gore though Jr. has some route running ability. He does, and, and I think yes. that's something in the modern NFL. And that was something that I think stood out last night with East West Shrine Bowl. I think all those backs proved, hey, they can do something in terms of being weapons in the passing game. I yeah. think Isaac Rendo showcased that yeah. in Louisville. To me, I comped him to a Chris Rodriguez Jr. Downhill, I no like nonsense yeah. runner, but he definitely has way more when it comes to Arsenal in the passing game. That's something Chris Rodriguez Jr. didn't see that a ton. Garendo, I think, is a really good weapon that you can check it down and he can make plays in space. But Frank Gore Jr., to me, I just think is a three-down back. I, don't th- I think he can do everything you ask. I think he gets better, as I mentioned, with extra carries as the game goes on. I, I get why you're saying sixth round initially. To me, I was just like, I feel like he's a dude that is going to excel in these processes. I gave him a four. I mean, if you're looking for a day three back, maybe fifth, maybe he slides there. I think that'd be a home run pick that you're getting a, a guy that can be an impact player. Got a good block from uh, our guy Josh Cephas on that. Yeah, he did. Um, on that uh, touchdown run to start the game. I, that's another guy that came out and had a good day. The ball just finds him. He gets mm-hmm. open. Um, he's fluid. And you can also, too, if you're a, a quarterback or a team that does a lot of scramble drill, I think this guy could also fit because he's always looking back at the quarterback, trying to get open, yep. trying to – it's it's it really was good to see it translate that, like, practice the ball's just finding and finding and finding and then he comes out in the game and he's just out there and he's reliable for those quarterbacks when they're in a pinch yeah i think another important thing about cephas uh, coming into the week we're talking about the utsa wide receiver joshua yes. cephas um a big body guy that I, I think could be an interesting day three option for anybody but the questions about him coming into the draft process are a couple of off the field issues had a dui last summer mm-hmm. um and kind of wondering how how those things could affect him at the next level from what i've been told he did great with the interview process there's i mean you can't really know until you know uh, whenever you have a guy in the building, but from from everything that's that's been communicated, um, there's not a ton of concerns there. He is a high character guy. I mean, we had the opportunity to talk to him um, for goodness, probably like 30 minutes, I think, last Friday. A uh, good kid comes out of Spring Decaney High School in North Houston. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's one that I think you look for in the sixth or seventh round. That's one that I think the Cowboys could be looking at. Um, also, look at the Vikings there. He has a family connection to uh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, so there's a couple of teams that I think could take a chance on him in day three. I want to circle back to Frank Gore Jr. really quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, the the sixth round grade kind of stems from him being a boomer bust type ability. Um, he starts the season with these three games against Alcorn State, six carries for 29 yards against Florida State, 11 carries for 31 yards mm-hmm. against Tulane, 13 carries for 16 yards. And then he, over the course of the next seven games, he gets 132, 123, 247, right. 131. And then he comes, he kind of regresses towards the end of the year. So it's like, you don't really know what you're going to get for Frank Gore Jr. At the end of the day, that's what kind of worries me from an evaluation standpoint. Um, and, and I tried to go back to see how much of that is credited to offensive line as well, because yes. you look at, especially in the first three games that happening, okay, maybe there's just need needs to be a little bit more chemistry up front. It was a little bit of the same issues last year with him. It was boomer bust. So I, look, when the boom comes, it booms. It's it's great. But when it busts, it busts pretty bad as well. Yeah, the production definitely. I mean, that's a slip. But yeah, he. I mean, you watch that bowl game where he had what three hundred and twenty something all purpose yards. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I I think that's a fair point, absolutely. And but I just looking at the player. I think he's got the skill set that bodes well. Maybe he's not an, a number one, but you're not even seeing that in today's NFL. There's yeah. a lot of tandem backfields, and I think he's perfect for that. Well, and I think Southern Miss struggled at times to utilize him in the passing game as much as they could have. Because if you look at his numbers, uh, he had a 1,200-yard season on the ground. And then in terms of receptions, he had only 27 receptions for 220 yards. So it's not like he was lighting it up from a passing game standpoint. I would like to see him in the screen game a little bit. We saw that mm-hmm. throughout Shrine Bowl week. They used it in practice a couple times, and then he broke the big run in between the tackles. They kind of kept him there for the rest of the night last night. But I, I had a fifth-round grade on Deuce Vaughn last year. I don't think he's the same caliber prospect as Deuce Vaughn was coming out of school. And 
I, I know Deuce Vaughn, he got knocked for his size a lot. Frank Gore's going to get knocked for his size, too. He's five foot seven and a buck 80. Like, he's, yeah. he's not very big either. So, he's not Deuce Vaughn's size. Uh, he's got a little bit more than, than Deuce. It's funny you say Deuce Vaughn because the comparison I put for Blake Watson after last night was Deuce was Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn? <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, and I, yeah. I think I would put a fifth on Watson and a sixth on Gore is kind of where I'm I was at. impressed with Watson last night. I definitely I really had Gore rated higher, but Watson showed me a little something-something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Outside of that, I mean, there were a couple other guys that really shined. I, I thought uh, quarterbacks throughout the week were underwhelming. But then last night, yes. Tua Leah for Tungo Vailoa comes out, and he just yeah. balls out. And I was He's a gamer. He was – if, if I had to rank the, 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 the quarterbacks throughout the week, he probably would have been bottom two or bottom three yeah. in terms of practices. Mm -hmm. But he came out last night, and he showed he's a gamer, man. He, he threw on the run. He had some arm strength, accuracy. He, I thought he put up a pretty good fight for offensive MVP, but just the fact that Frank Gore Jr. was was playing throughout the entire game probably gave him the nod in that regard. But I thought Tonga Vailoa was very, very good last night. Yeah, 9 yeah. for 14, 142 yards, also finished with a rushing touchdown. I mean, it was it was more so the decision-making as well. I mean, uh, something that I'm trying to remember when it comes to Tonga Vailoa as well is he didn't realize he'd be in this draft process until like three weeks ago. Yeah, he, was, yeah. In the, he was in the transfer portal. Yeah, for he was a, trying to appeal second. for another year of eligibility ability and the NCAA denied it and he's like okay I gotta figure this out I gotta yeah. start training so I mean it, it was kind of a guy uh, you could kind of tell it was a guy that was maybe on his couch for a week or two after the season ended um, and now he's starting to pick up that that draft process and and um, uh, getting ready for you know this game and getting ready for the rest of the process whether it be at a combine or whatever uh, but I, I liked what I saw from him I think gamer is the perfect word yeah. I, I think that's the perfect word five of the six quarterbacks yesterday in my opinion were awful Tagovailoa was great yeah, he was. I mean, his ability to extend, you mentioned the the beautiful pass he had early to start off that game on the run. It's and a 47-yarder. It, it was gorgeous. And the yeah. touchdown run that he had, that's what you're kind of looking for, right? One, of course, he doesn't have the prototypical size, much like his brother, but he's got much better mobility. He can run. He can well, create. Yeah. Can you extend? And, and when plays are broken down, can you create? He certainly is one of those guys. I mean, if you're talking about a flyer, we talked about some of these names last year, whether it was a Clayton Toon yeah. uh, out of Houston. If you want a Who guy that you can games. stash and develop, he did. I mean, last year was kind of the season for the rookie quarterbacks, right, yeah. to get in right. there and start with all the injuries. But he's a guy that I think a lot of teams will have on their radar, maybe bring him in as a developmental type of quarterback. Yeah, and to your point about the mobility, I, I think more than ever, especially when you talk about offensive line play and stuff, hey, people like mobile quarterbacks out here. It's 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 very normal for that to be a thing. And, and he's the way that he was able to evade pressure mm -hmm. last night stood out to me, recognizing where the blitz and stuff was coming from and rolling out the pocket and making passes on the run. Comfortable I was, in the RPO I game. Was, yeah, I was shook a little bit. I was like, wait, that ain't ain't no way that's the same player I ain't seen in practice all week. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. But to your point, yeah, he did come out and he understood the moment. And that yeah. also says something about the player as well. Yes, it does. Where would you rank him? I mean, we've talked about a lot of quarterbacks this week just because of these all-star games. I mean, you've got Oof. Penix Jr. and Bo Nix out at the Senior Bowl. Uh, a couple other guys that are out there, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler's been doing his thing. Playing huh? pretty Pretty good. Rattler been, out of South I've been, Carolina. I've been dug out on Spencer Rattler. Get yeah, it. me Get too. It. Who did it to you? He did. Oh, take <laughs> yeah. Rattler caused that. Sam Hartman's had a nice week at Notre Dame. We'll see what yeah. he does on the, in the game on Saturday. But where would you put Tonga Valoa and, and where those other quarterbacks lie? Is he still pretty much on the outside looking in, trying to find his way into maybe a, a late flyer there? Yeah, I, th I, I think, think that's yes. probably the the – the, the guesstimate, I put seventh round slash undrafted free agent. I think it would take somebody taking a risk on him. Um, what I said was he lacks the adequate size and consistent yes. decision-making, but I think he could be a flyer for a team that – um, needs that extra quarterback in the room going they, into camp. By the way, they measured him this week at five foot ten and two eighths, so and mm, a quarter. Yeah. So five five ten and a quarter, two hundred pounds. How many sub six foot quarterbacks are out there right now Man, in the NFL? Not a ton of them. Yeah, so how, that's that's what I worry about. How small? Not not don't use that word, Aisha. How what's how tall is um not Stroud? Is this Stroud? No, not Stroud. Bryce Young? Yes, Bryce Young. Who, Bryce? Um, I think he came think in at six foot last his, year. He was, was measured generous. at the combine at 5'10", 5'10", uh, Yeah, Bryce is, Bryce is a Indy. short guy. And uh, watching him this year, I mean, they didn't help him that much down there anyway. No, no they, they did not. But uh, at all. But, but you could tell. He did look small. But the size yes. was something. So with that being so 
with that happening and yeah. so early, like, well, so recent, rather, I wonder if people do have some pause about his size or whatever the case may be. But to your point, yeah, I do think he could be a guy that could come in later, in the later rounds, and give you some different looks and practice and stuff. Let him develop. Let him grow. See what he can become. I mean, speaking of these quarterbacks, a guy that's been uh, in Mobile, and you got to take a look at him, Michael Pratt from Tulane. Yeah. Michael Pratt, I mean, we talked a lot about Aiden O'Connell during mm-hmm. this time yeah. last year, and uh, I feel like the Cowboys kind of liked him, and you know, he ended up going with the Raiders starting some games. But some of these guys that aren't in that top tier where they're probably going to be taken in the first three rounds, if you want to take a quarterback in day three a guy that I, I that stands out to me is Michael Pratt I mean yeah. you watch him against Tulane he's just a gamer I think he's pretty accurate the arm strength maybe it's not elite there yeah but he, he certainly has a high football IQ I think he shows a good uh, ability to read defenses which I don't think Bo Nix necessarily showcases who's also there in Mobile but Michael Pratt's kind of jumped onto my radar if you're looking for a guy that's consistent has a lot of experience good size he'll get all the little things done for he's you won I think some it's big Michael games. Pratt. yeah once some big games and it's Michael Pratt. Very valuable now. Absolutely. It's very valuable now with how much we're seeing these young quarterbacks have to come in and play so quickly and things like that. Experience matters now. We figured that out last year. I actually really love the quarterback development at Tulane. They've done a really good job down yeah, there. There's a guy that's taken over next year, Kai Horton out of East Texas. He's going to be another guy we talk about in a couple of years. They, they do a good job down there at Tulane. It's not your typical G5 program. They and do. here I am looking across the table to the high school guru himself, Uh-oh. and I'm about to be the sicko this time around. Be I got sicko. to see – Pratt, in his senior year at Deerfield Beach High School, he played in Shreveport in a game that I called in Louisiana. (laughs) He was a three-star recruit. He came in for 405 yards in that game. He had two touchdowns and a win. And (laughs) then he goes in his freshman year, starts in 2020, played 10 games for Tulane, had 1,800 yards as a freshman. Then, of course, by the time he was a junior, he was winning the Cotton Bowl against Caleb Williams in USC, outdueling that USC offense in a game that probably USC didn't want to be in, but it was impressive. He had Tajay Spears around him a little bit as well. He helped develop Tajay Spears into what he was as a draft prospect when last you, year. When you talk about high experience guys, guys that came in as freshmen and really were able to you know, keep the job and, and stick around and, and produce a winning team, I love going back to those freshman seasons mm-hmm. and seeing what they do when they don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you can see that. It work. How they make it work. Yeah. And Michael Pratt did that. You could see that. You could see the tools very early on and it kind of manifested throughout time. I think I think maybe if you ask Tulane fans, they were probably expecting more this last season, mm-hmm. um, especially coming off of the Cotton Bowl win. They, they sure. started uh, they started the season as a top-20 team. Their defense kind of had some lapses at times, but when you have him and Jaquan Jackson, who's a receiver down at the Senior Bowl, who's having a huge yeah. week as well, um, they probably expected a little bit more, but I think he's just a guy that does all the little things well. I don't think he's going to blow you away. I really don't. I think he's, he's a guy that can go into a system, be developed well. He needs to be in the right system. System. I don't think he can go to a team that hasn't had great offensive development over the ca- course of the last few years, uh, but go into a team where he can just kind of slide in, fit in, and be able to kind of work with some weapons, and I think he'll be all right. I want to talk about the defensive front as well from the Shrine Bowl and some yeah. of these guys that stood out. I really liked what Miles Murphy, defensive tackle from North Carolina, did. Yeah. Six foot three, <laughs> seven eights, 312 pounds. He, I mean, he had a couple of, of – individual plays that were highlight-esque, stopping the run, slowing things down. That, that West team was stacked in general. I mean, they all had some dudes. I mean, they dominated that game from the jump. If it wasn't for Anthony Gould's uh, punt return at the end of the mm-hmm. game or 80-yard punt return where we could talk about him as well, uh, the East didn't really have any momentum whatsoever on offense, and I think Miles Murphy was a big part of that. I think Miles Murphy was good. I think uh, the Murphy twins, Bishop yeah. Lynch, North Texas to UCLA. I was talking with Nick about this as we walked in as well. It's like, man, I'll be honest with you, I kind of forgot all about the Murphy twins, and boy, did they show up last night as well. I mean, you, you mentioned the three different Murphys that were making plays, mm-hmm. but then you had Grayson and Gabriel kind of meet at the quarterback last did night. you see them sandwich a, great, a quarterback? It, it was incredible. Yeah. For a great, now, I, I do think Grayson Grayson, I like a little bit more than Gabriel. Both, of course, very similar. They are identical. I think one might have a scar on the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can – is it Gabriel, I think? Gabriel has a scar. So the uh, – I thought Gabriel had a better night last night, mm-hmm. but I like Grayson more as a prospect. As a, yes, as a pass yeah. rusher, I think Grayson's just a little bit more natural. I think his hand fighting is a little bit better. But both are very, very exciting. They have the modern build that you want as edge rushers. Uh, I think all three of those Murphys really had a great game last night when you talk about Shrine Bowl performances. The one thing against the Murphy bros that I just it, – it irks me – and I, I didn't watch a ton of their UCLA tape yet. I haven't gone yeah. back to it. But, of course, I saw them uh, 
three or eight year, three straight years at North Texas calling those games. They were on the ground a lot. They do. Yes. They were on the ground significantly. And and it's not just getting pushed down and then getting right back up. It's like injury timeout on the ground. And then oh, wow. it looks like their season's over with. They're working to the sideline. They're going to the medical tent, and then they're back out there for third down. And I, I just – that's a pet peeve. We've talked about the towel and the clapping and the, the, the offensive linemen on their backside. You don't want to get that is a pet peeve. Yes, that is an ick of mine. I respect that. If you're on the ground and you're having to be attended to by the training staff, Mm -hmm. I I, like get off the field if you can. If you're going to be back on in two places, what are you hurt? Yeah, like I just want to see you hurt. And they may have fixed that problem at UCLA. I haven't looked that far into it yet. But at North Texas, that was one thing I actually watched for it last night and didn't see it. Yeah, I think they did fix that that at UCLA a little bit. I mean, I think they're both day three guys for me. I don't see them going, you know, day two, they're second, big, or third they're round. They're good players. They're but both good players. They are. And and, and I, I mentioned the size, the physical traits. I mean, I think both of them have some natural bend to them as well off the edge. Yeah. I think they both have good pass rushing ability. I think Grayson's a little bit stouter against the run than Gabriel is. But I, I think that you get a defensive line coach, you might have one fall in love and sit on the table for some of these guys in those rooms. I, um, I A gentleman that stood out to me last night who, to me, he had a couple good reps in practice, but I was still like, I don't know, Mo Camara. I thought uh-huh. um, he had the Colorado offsides. State. Yes, Colorado State edge out of there. Um, he had the offsides, but other than that, dog, he was wrecking shop over there. Um, just flying off the edge. He plays really strong with his hands. <laughs> he can do. He has a bit of a toolbox. He can counter and do some things. I was um, impressed with him last night, and just the tenacity, the pursuit is there. He has a high motor as well. So I think he. Uh, put itself back in the conversation uh, more after this game because during the week I was I mean people were telling me about him like Mo you know you should be looking for Mo 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 and I was like all right well where is he at big dog he's not standing out to me mm. um, he came out there last night and I thought he um, he made all of those tackles pay for oversetting against him but he just plays with power speed to power um, he can shed I, I liked what I saw from him last night as it's well. the get off yeah, right. His first step is. is hey, real I mean, crazy. the first step quickness is yeah. unreal with him, and I think everybody knew who Mo Camara was after that Colorado game this yep. year. Yeah. It's like if everyone was staying up watching that. That guy. I mean, him and I think Michael Hall, the defensive tackle from Ohio State. Yeah. Those are the two that I've kind of watched and said, "Man, you talk about just get off first step quickness." We mentioned a lot too. We've talked about yeah. him a lot, but those two in this class have that rare ability off the snap with their quickness to cause massive issues. I'm glad you bring up Michael Hall. He was oh. my day two um, MVP from Senior Bowl. Please I mean, he was, don't. He was, awesome. he was fantastic. He you was know, fantastic. The vibes I get, this, I, he reminds me, personally, he reminds me of Keanu Benton from last year Okay. Me, when I watched okay. him. He was a pet cat of yours quite early. As big no, as he's Benton, not as big. But I like what you're saying big, there. But as far as being a disruptor, the quickness yeah. off the line, like you look at him, you're like, Dad, he shouldn't be moving that fast. With being that size, and he is a little a little smaller, um, but he is a lot to handle. I, I feel like he sheds and he he fights for the ball. Uh, the speed to power is impressive. Like I said, he's growing in the run game still. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's as strong as been in the run game just yeah. yet, um, but he's going to be a problem for offensive interior players because he's so fluid. He plays pissed off. And he, he just does. has some athleticism to him that's not – he's twitchy to be, you know, playing at that three-tech position if yeah. it is where he's going to be at. So I, I liked him, too. I'm so glad I like brought him up. He's a dude Rod Marinelli would have loved. Yeah. You know, we're we're going to play the run on the way to the quarterback. <laughs> His swing move is deadly. I want to throw one guy from last night out there at you. Throw it in there. This is a tight end. Yes, sir. Ooh, I, I just ooh. wonder yes, what sir. you guys are thinking. Ooh. Go for it. Say Zach, it. Zach Hines, the South Dakota State yeah, tight end. Yeah, talk about I him. mean, the catch that he yeah, made that was, awesome. was awesome. I mean, that could have been a medicine ball, right? Right over the middle. He, he, I mean, he's, he gets smacked. Been a mess. It, it was. I mean, look, it's a tight window throw, but holy moly, he put himself in danger there. The safety comes over, drills him, makes a great play on the ball, does dislodge it, but mm-hmm. the concentration falling down for Zach Hines to be able to corral it, bring it back into his body. But you talk with people around him from the South Dakota State program, the dude did nothing but catch everything thrown his way, and he's yeah. got a massive catch radius at six foot seven. I mean, this is a program that is starting to pump out NFL talent. He had Tucker Craft a year ago. Yep. But Zach Hines is one of these under-the-radar tight ends that if you, again, you're talking about day three prospects, he's intriguing. Yeah, both of the guards for them, too, stood out last night. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, no, (laughs) No, uh. Uh, what is this gentleman's name? Oh, yes. Uh, Garrett Greenfield, mm-hmm. uh, 6'7", 320 from South Dakota State as well. I 
I liked his movement, dog. Like when he gets to the second level, he's I said finish him because <laughs> he he's a finisher. He wants to you know he wants to pancake people. The hand placement is sturdy. I looked at him and he's a four year starter, so a lot of experience. Um, he has length, so he can keep the distance yep. with rushers and stuff. I I I liked him a lot, but I also you know we talked about McCormick, who mm-hmm. is his teammate. And so to your point about South Dakota State, not only are they putting out you know like these skilled players they're starting to have some guys on even in their interior in the trenches that you're looking at like okay these guys can play what's what's that program doing up there they're, they're pushing out some guys to win in d2 championships yeah. <laughs> fcs fcs championship fcs that's a d1 championship fcs <laughs> yeah. d1 gotta give that respect yeah, it's gotta gonna, have absolutely respect. we're gonna piss off some dakotians we love you guys I'm <laughs> they probably Jack, watch i guarantee big jack rabbit fan they probably watch but they're big uh, they're basically honorary citizens of frisco they sure uh, both are. of those Them states north dakota yeah, yeah. Yep. north dakota south dakota state you got it both ways all right when we come back here on the draft show it's time for some twitter on the 20 could we see a system change with a new defensive coordinator coming mm. to dallas and how could that affect the draft process we'll talk about that and a whole lot more more of the draft show presented by miller light right after this i'm dak prescott quarterback of the dallas cowboys and they snap it to prescott who looks right it's not there he escapes left he'll run for a first down just like football when it comes to crypto it's important to have a team you can trust with blockchain.com i know i'm in good hands Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, a taste you can depend on. You can depend on us to break down draft coverage all week and all draft process long we've got nick harris zach wolchuk aisha morrison i'm kyle yeomans chris beam is in the back about to press the button for some twitter on the 20 20. all right let's get this out of the way quickly just so we can talk about draft prospect but it is a good question mike asks should dallas go to a 3-4 or stay at a 4-3 depending on who their defensive coordinator is and how does that affect the draft process does not matter you're gonna tell him where you, you, you <laughs> does not matter in my opinion why is that uh, it's uh, based on the uh, personnel that you have here and the needs that you need this next offseason it doesn't matter like I, I really believe if you bring in a dc that says okay hey um i'm gonna run this it's gonna be a little bit different from last year or hey i'm gonna run this it's gonna be very similar to what was here last year they still have to go in and get the second level guys they still need to go in and get a, a couple extra edge bodies i don't feel like it's it's really a big big deal at the, in the grand scheme of things they have a run stopper on the on the defensive line they have a, a couple of really good pass rushers it really doesn't matter in my opinion mm. yeah i mean when you talk about the three four or the four three i mean most defenses if you're good you're you're mixing up those looks anyway it's very common to be doing that yeah. dan quit had a couple different looks mm-hmm. in it that look three four ish often as well so it's like i get i get the question absolutely but 
we have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, Nick, tell, tell me a team that's primarily running the three four these days, right? It's multiple. Gold. Everything's Everybody's multiple. multiple. TCU. You're, yeah, okay. And, and in college, we yep. can find some. And, you know, and their defensive coordinator is now back in Waco, exactly. Texas, right. coaching exactly. high school football. Waco so, Midway, huh? Damn right. Go, ba- go. go Panthers, baby. Uh, but, man, it's it's one of those where I don't think that that necessarily matters. I think they're going to stick with a multiple look. I think you still end up playing a ton of nickel and dime based on how these offenses line up and, and dictate the coverage and defensive backs you need out there. You, you find a way to plug and play the players that you have. You just want to scout and draft good football players and uh, I think I, I think the three four four three things kind of old now it, it, it is it's a it's an older conversation because it, much like the offensive standpoint offenses run a little bit of everything it's not just yeah. spread or air raid or or ground and pound pro stop everybody needs to find a way to do a little bit of everything nowadays in the modern day NFL and it's the same thing defensively you no gotta, and honestly it's probably a byproduct of offenses being variable and, and being uh, uh, versatile. Definitely. <laughs> so defenses have to be versatile as well and employ a couple different things there. Uh, it, all right. Brian asks, and not Brian brought us. Brought us? Not brought us. No, Brian so M. asked this one. Uh, if Dallas was interested in drafting a running back, and we talked a little bit about running backs earlier, do you think they would want to go for a bigger tailback to take over the lead role or a smaller tailback, like Nick was talking about earlier, some of those scat backs in the later rounds? to be more of a change of base and receiver for Dak to throw to. Yeah, and that'll be the answer out of free agency. Mm-hmm. I, I I believe that the the approach to um, the running back position for this team going into the offseason, you see what happens in free agency. Do you bring back Tony Pollard or do, or do you go get one of these impending free agents that um, that'll, that will be on the market? Based on the type of running back that I think you get out of that is kind of what happens as far as who you end up drafting. And I, I think the, the board is long and wide and it's a wide net. Um, they're looking at all types of backs right now uh, just based on whatever happens out of free agency because it's really tough to predict right now then you figure out what's what's going to work on the other side i think for me um i think uh you go get the 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 hard-nosed guy in free agency the guy that can be um you know that that short yardage reliable guy and then you go get one of those scat backs in the in the draft but uh or a guy that that has a high ceiling that can do both oh i had a question What's that? Okay, so in regards to the running backs, what free agents are available? Do you gentlemen know? I believe th- are, we, are we allowed to talk about oh, can it? Can we? I don't know. That's kind of see. I know. See, I, I'll go off yeah. on this because we've had this conversation yet. on the G Bag Nation. I know they're it's, not it's, free agents yet. I've okay, got it, so, so never mind. I don't you guys can't. But no, uh, it's okay. No, it's we, we, you know, I've done a, pending free agents. I'm with you guys. And in there's terms a guy of, that plays like in like the same town that like Nashville is in. I guess there's one of those guys. You know, there's another guy that played at the same college as Micah Parsons. If you want to go the big name route, you know, there's a dude from from Indy that I think is an ideal candidate that filled in for uh, their starter this year. He that played at the be... same stadium that, that the co- Combine is in. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that a I lot, would, for a lot of I guards I would absolutely there. love that because I think that's what you need. I think when you look at this draft class, to me, I don't think that there is a rookie running back that can come in like we saw last year with Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. And even Jameer <laughs> Gibbs is split in time in that backfield. But that you have, okay, this is the dude I'm giving the keys to the car to. Ooh. I think you need to. I disagree. Day one. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying day one. Right. I'm not saying day one at all. I, I think okay, eventually, okay. absolutely. But I think <laughs> what, what you want to do is sign maybe a one-year deal, get a veteran back. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and work in a tandem. Now, over the course of the season, does a Jalen Wright from Tennessee, does a Ray Davis from Kentucky, two guys I like a lot, an Audric mm-hmm. Estime from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. do they end up saying, okay, now this is my backfield? Sure. Yeah. And I can believe that. Uh, but I think you're looking ideally for your running, starting running back of the future with the guy that you draft here. So I'm not looking for just, uh, you know, like a Blake Watson we were talking about from Memphis, a dude that I don't know is going to emerge as that guy. I am looking for a dude that I think can be a three-down back and a year from now, 100%. He's my RB1, mm-hmm. and we're good to go. I think there's a lot that the Cowboys can learn from the Detroit Lions approach to last offseason and fixing their running game. Yes. Picking up David Montgomery and then drafting Jameer Gibbs mm-hmm. and being able to do both of those things. Obviously, the Cowboys don't have a number 12 overall pick that they would use on a running back. Sure. But um, I, I think there's a little bit of wisdom that they can take from that. Going and getting a, a free agent that has been productive at previous stops uh, and then go getting a, a guy in the first, uh, or excuse me, in the second or third round. These are There are three running backs that I think could step in day one and be really productive at the NFL level. Jonathan Brooks, Blake Corum, Trey Benson. I think all three of those guys have a high chance of being able to do that under the right system. I mean, you, you talk about Audrick Estime, Bucky Irving. I think those are a couple of other guys. Marshawn Lloyd had a good week 
Tate down in Mobile. Yeah. But I, those are the three guys I look at if if they were to get drafted to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, okay, that's a guy that can produce day one. Yeah, see, I'm with you on on Jonathan Brooks and, and Trey Benson. I think Trey Benson's the best running back in the draft. The question is, when it, when is Jonathan Brooks going to be able to play? Yeah, that's yeah. a great right? question. I mean, he just he, to, he had the ACL injury in November. So if you're drafting Jonathan Brooks... He's not, maybe not and he's ready your RB1, that's, you know, to me, that's not realistic. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we've mentioned this on the show, but I just wanted to make sure his ACL surgery done by the same team doctor that's here in this building. So, very fascinating. Good information. Very that's, fascinating. Dr. Cooper? Could be. Yeah important oh. or something um to speak on core, he does a lot of surgeries by the way team uh, <laughs> team course. draft just want to let you know he does a lot of surgeries it's not just the cowboys but that is good to know it is, it is good, good to know. know yeah um actually we we talked about quorum um running back out of michigan we talked about him early earlier i think last week and when i got to speak to curtis jacobs uh this past last well this past week at the shrine bowl he mentioned that like nah this dude you can feel when he when he dips his shoulder because that was something that I was kind of like this guy doesn't seem like a punisher in the run game like he's not going to wear on anybody but talking to a couple of those linebackers here that were at the Shrine Bowl that have played him said no nah, you you know you can feel him like, and so I was like so I think that's important for quorum stock as well for mm-hmm. people to know that they can get that but Kendall Milton is a guy from Georgia running back that mm-hmm. I do think has gotten some people's attention at the senior bowl with some of his his burst and his ability so I the long strides he's able to take in in the open field so that's another gentleman that i think too maybe like third fourth round could be interesting for some guys some folks if they want to go that route what's the earliest you take a running back in this draft yeah 56 Second round, wow. it'd, it'd be Benson or Brooks. You need wow. one. Yes. It'd be Trey Benson or Jonathan Brooks. I, I'm, I'm, I like Quorum, man. I, I, I really feel like See, it could be me, any I, of those three guys. Ugh, I would not touch Blake Quorum in the second Why not? Round. Is it because I, of how many, how much he's played? The usage, the size. I, I think he's a fine player, but mm. to me, I, I, I think he's a fourth round guy for me. Interesting. I, I, I think that's too rich. I'm done taking Michigan players in the first two rounds. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But there's it, a lot of NFL f- uh, Cowboy fans. There's really a lot of people that actually think but that. But I also you shouldn't. Now I'm just assuming helmet. he's going to be a Charger. I see I see him, which is it's funny you mentioned this cuz <laughs> I, I see I see Blake Corum. I, I see what he's able to do in the running game, short yardage game, long speed getting out in the open mm-hmm. field, also in the receiving game, and I see Kyron Williams. And oh. it's funny you say Chargers okay. cuz he's he's with the Rams and what he was able to produce this past season. I mean, he came out of nowhere it felt like at times and yeah. was on the IR and still ended up as a pro bowler. Um that's that's kind of the the comparison i see there one of those shorter stockier guys but that has that frame has that physicality that's that's what i see i, I love blake quorum quorum's gonna be taken at 37 second round to the los angeles <laughs> chargers and jim harbaugh that's gonna be a harbaugh pick what do you, have you guys watched cody schrader out of missouri yeah what yeah. do you guys think yeah. about him well Schrader's, Schrader's another one of those tough physical guys but uh he's got some i think physical limitations mm-hmm. in terms of his athleticism mm-hmm. yeah i've got a fourth round grade on schrader as well um, but he's a guy that's always falling forward. Yeah. He can rip off some chunk runs. I don't think he's got elite long speed, certainly, but he's just kind of one of those old-school blue-collar type backs. Now, yesterday you were mentioning, Nick, that you had kind of gotten some info on Schrader, mm-hmm. maybe not positive? Not positive at a senior bowl, and I, he didn't have a great week, um, so I, I have him outside probably my top seven, top eight backs. Um, I, w- I would look at him in day three, but if he's an option that's there in the fifth or sixth round, then, you know. Sure. I would go Quorum over Schrader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I would put Quorum as a high third round grade. And then, I, I mean, I haven't done my deep dive on Schrader yet. I think he's, he's a good player. A six no. or seven. Super compact, yeah. quick feet. I think an interesting back that you could look at early day three, Isaiah Davis out of South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he reminds me of Jay Ajayi. He's big, tall, 6'1", 220, long legs, yeah. and has, has these long strides, and he's physical. Uh, he's really phys- really productive at South Dakota State. Uh, ran for over 1,400 yards back-to-back seasons. I think we've talked about him on the show, too. Uh, he's, he's a really fun one that I think could rise after a good combine. Well, and somebody that's really taken a step forward in Senior Bowl week has been Dylan Lobb. I was from about to say. I was literally about to say. I, I was literally yeah. about to say I can't believe neither one of y'all mentioned him. Um, yeah, this guy is. I, I said he's, he's probably a top ten. He, back uh, he's not a player I've watched yet. Oh no, he's giving receiver. He does he does a lot in the receiving game uh, that I was impressed with. As he's well. five ten two ten though. Like, yeah. he's got some decent size. He, to it's him. not. Yeah, he's he's kind of compact. Yeah. So he's he's pretty strong. He's explosive all the, off the line and out of his breaks. Um, he has some smooth route running abilities to be you know a running back. Um, he can catch out the backfield. He and he shows his hands late. He does some receiver things, man. Where he's yeah. he'll he'll be like at the. Very 
very end of his route, he puts his hands up. He just does some little nuanced things that I think um, really shake some defenders. I, I think I, if anybody had any concerns, it would be the size. But the player himself is yeah. explosive and fun to watch. Yeah, I was waiting for y'all to chime in a little bit. Yeah, I haven't watched him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you haven't watched him? Have no. you watched him? He looked good at Senior Bowl. Yeah, that's the only I'll time I've that. seen him at Senior Bowl um, stuff. And he's he's impressing a lot of people down there in Mobile this yeah. week. So. Okay, he's I'll turned take heads. I haven't watched film yet, but he's something. There's he's some interesting running backs. Too. Yeah. I, there are. Because the, the, you could say the same about a lot of these third, fourth, fifth round guys. Truck, like yeah. there, there's there's a there's a lot of uh, different interesting names. We, we talked about Jawar Jordan. You've mentioned Jalen Wright as a mm-hmm. guy you love. Um, we talked about Isaac Garendo uh, a yeah. little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some interesting backs here that I think you could take in day three and have maybe maybe strike gold somewhere. But We've, it sounds like you're looking for something specific. Not really. No, I mean, well, when you talk about what you were talking about in free agency, making sure that you get maybe some type of veteran back. So do you think this team needs more of the battering ram type guy and then you add a kind of like you said with the lions is where it's like they, they have a good mixture there are you mm-hmm. looking for like a good mixture and do we absolutely. know what's going to happen with tony pollard in any way shape or form no absolutely and so it, could we be starting from scratch because if be. that's start if you're starting I from scratch so. then that changes everything i think that's kind of the thought process okay here. so you can kind of like maybe change I mean, the you identity may not start from scratch here. you may bring somebody back on a cheaper deal and, and a team-friendly deal okay. but for the most part i think it at this point in the process you have to think of it as you're starting from scratch so you have the opportunity to kind of redefine your backfield yeah and i give you which a kind of cool can i give you a hypothetical backfield sure. tell me how you feel about it why not in. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 tony pollard and bucky irving okay, okay. one to ten how are you feeling about uh, that i'd say a solid seven yeah yeah, I feel pretty good about it, seven. but like not like overly excited. I'm not out on. T- uh, there's some people that are just out on. TV. I'm not out on. TV I'm not either. I'm not out on you know, I, I think Tony Pollard showed that you know, he he still has some juice, especially if you can bring him back on a cheap deal, which yes. is what it would be. No doubt. Some team may go out there and pay him eight or nine million. Bucky Don't Irving do that. Is an intriguing player. I mean, I just personally have some guys that. I might like a little more, like Ray Davis from Kentucky. I just keep yeah. coming back to. There's something about that kid. Yeah, you mentioned I, I do like Jalen Wright, the running back from Tennessee. But I, I think that that's certainly a backfield that you can get production out of. The, the reason I mentioned both of those guys is because I feel like they can both do both things as far as yes. running and in the receiving yeah. game. Yes. But with Bucky Irving, I think he would be a little bit more trusted in those short yardage situations. Absolutely, because okay. he has a good center of gravity and his size. He has very stout size. Um, Bucky Irving from Oregon, by the way. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and it's funny because when you now that you mention your your tandem that you would like, it does kind of give you the, the Lions vibe where it's mm-hmm. like... A little bit. Yes. It, yeah, when you're like, okay, well, this guy can do some receiving things. Cause this guy can do some receiving things, but he's better. This guy runs between the tackles a little bit more better. This guy is explosive in the backfield and has crazy cut backfield. This guy's yeah. younger. This, this guy has got some experience. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah, so, uh, okay, okay, I, I catch your drift. I Answer your, your drift. own question. What, what would be your excitement level? Probably one, like a seven and a half. Yeah. I, think be, I, I love Bucky Irving. He's I fun. Really cool. do. No, he's yeah. really fun, and I think Fans should be excited about yeah. that, especially if you've got Tony Pollard back. There, that's a continuity thing, and he's shown that he can yeah. be a successful running back at the NFL level. You're not necessarily taking a huge chance there unless you're tagging the guy, and you're not going to do that. Well, yeah, then you've you, got a good a guy that you trust that uh, you're excited about as a rookie that you can protection. split with, yes, and yeah. can pass pro. And and Tony Pollard certainly took a Talk big leap that. in yes, the pass did. protection. I mean, the, for his first it. two years in the league, it was like, man, we can't put this guy on the field. <laughs> uh, and that certainly yeah. was something that Ezekiel Elliott did better than anybody in the entire National Football League. Tony Pollard, the last two years, has emerged as, if not the best, one of the best pass pro backs in the league. Uh, and, and that's something that goes underrated, 100%. Yeah, you just need somebody, um, whoever, if, if you do bring back Tony, you just need something from the other guy yeah. consistently because that's something I think that weird on war Skippy on. told us. Yeah, I think it's something that wore on Tony too this year is that the fact that you did not have a consistent two-back yep. to do anything and help him out in that regard. And so you did see some of that. You know, some games he was fantastic and some games he was struggling a bit. So I just feel like um, whoever you pair him with needs to be consistent and hopefully have a good track weather record of health to this point um, to make sure that they can be there. You know, can't guarantee anything, but yep. try, 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 so, try. try. And you might succeed. <laughs> you might succeed. All right. When we come back, we're going to do some tell me more. I want Zach to tell me about Connor Beebe from Kansas State, Cooper, the offensive Cooper, Cooper, Cooper Beebe, not Cooper, Connor. Cooper Beebe. Different double letter in the middle. Beebe from Kansas State when we come back, and we'll talk about some of these other prospects that you should keep an eye on in this draft process. More of the draft show right after this.
Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at dfwis.com. Tell them Drew sent you. Hood, hood. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus. At Lincoln.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl, handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or any time you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, a taste you can depend on with Nick Harris, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Let's, tie, let's talk about some Tell Me More. I want to hear about... These prospects that you guys have been watching that everybody's kind of kept their eyes on. We mentioned it yesterday. Cooper Beebe out of Kansas State. Big-bodied offensive lineman. I'm not even going to just tab a position on him because he can play all three positions. Center, guard, tackle. Six foot four. 335 pounds, Zach Wolchuk. Why do you like him so much? Well, I think he's one of the best offensive linemen in this entire draft. Four-year starter at K-State, and he's a guy that's got position flexibility. Uh, 48 career starts, has left tackle, left guard, right tackle. I think he is a guard, and I wonder if he has the ability to play some center as well. But the dude is built like a brick bleep house. Uh, He is like a refrigerator. He's absolutely massive, very, very wide, (laughs) violent, strong hands. A what? Uh, He's uh, built like a what? A brick bleep house. A refrigerator. Yeah, a refrigerator. Uh, He's thick, man. He's thick as a bowl of oatmeal, this dude. I love the way he fires off the ball in the run game, and he's nasty. I mean, you know me. I'm looking for the nasty. I'm looking for the grit. Uh, He's always working. He can pull, gets out in space. I mean, he's a guy that can counter. If he gets knocked off the ball, he's going to battle right back. You can tell that ticks him off. He does Mm -hmm. not want to lose a single rep. I love his competitiveness. You know, he's a guy that I think this year, I watched him last year, coming in and then he decided to go back to school and I was like dude this is one of my guys uh, and then when he went back I was very upset yeah. but I think he really improved even as a pass blocker this year with the extra season there at K-State I think he processes really well stout firm anchor to me I think he's a plug and play guard immediately that can start for you at the NFL level and I think he's going to be a, a starter for many many years with potential pro ball upside I absolutely love Cooper BB from K-State he played in 800 snaps three straight seasons that's a lot of work. Does that bother you at all, or does that no. make you more? Not for offensive line. As an yeah. offensive line, the more work, the better. Is a little bit longer than than a sure. lot of these other positions, but also too, he's seen a lot. He has a lot of experience. It, it speaks to his durability, especially mm-hmm. with how physical he plays. Yes. To be able to play that physical and to still retain health says something about the player. I love. And he's Cooper gone through Bebe. how many head coaches? Is it at least? It's at least two. Is it three? No, Chris Kleim, Chris Kleiman's been there. Has he been there? Like for four years. It's surprising, but yeah. That is kind of shocking. Mm. I mean, they've played good football, but I I mean, 
you you talk about what they've done from uh, an offensive standpoint. Deuce Vaughn was mm-hmm. the all-purpose leader in, in in all-purpose yards last year for a reason. Yeah. They ran behind him a lot. He said Chris Clemens there. Now, he has played, played with multiple oh, quarterbacks. That's for sure. He's Maybe probably played with like three thinking. different quarterbacks. Yeah. I thought they had the coaching change there, but I guess not. But with that being said, they've run the ball effectively no matter who's up front no doubt. because of what BB has been able to do from an Yeah, angle. I think he's a second-round player for me. I mean, some – I don't know. I've seen some have him even lower, but I absolutely love the guy. Like when the Cowboys come around the second round, if they don't go offensive line or let's say they take a tackle and we really want to go ahead and beef this offensive line up, give me Cooper BB. I've played it. second round. Yeah. I would faint. Why is that? <laughs> In a, in a good for, way? For happiness. Oh, yes. I think this is a fantastic yeah. – he would be a fantastic addition to every, any team. And also, too, if you go listen to some of his interviews and what people say about him, the work ethic is there. He's mm-hmm. first guy. I mean, he's just kind of what you're looking for in an offensive lineman to kind of stabilize things for you. I think he can do that. And that's one of those guys, too, that – I mean, Dallas has shown this the last couple of years when they've been picking late in the first round, late in these rounds. Sometimes you might have to stretch on a guy that you know is not going to make it to you around later yeah. and bb might be that guy he's probably going to be there at 56 there's a good shot he's there at 56 but will he make it to 87 my Maybe not. my question is it's almost it's it's a high possibility that the cowboys take a tackle at 24 mm-hmm. i mean that's what we're looking at pretty hard mm-hmm. tackle guard to start the draft still need the linebacker still need Man, it's an not edge. sexy but it is at the same it's time fine it is it's a decision me, I I love no that Mm-mm. it's a decision and i think it would work i think it, I, it obviously you need to beef up the offensive line and have a little bit more youth there so it, it would it, it could be it, it would have to be an all-in approach okay ideal <laughs> I, Cowboy, cowboys go offensive <laughs> line at 24 and then it, at 56 it. okay what's the ideal combo there Say that one more Those time. Those two players oh, at first and second round. On. If the Cowboys go with the offensive like a realistic, line, realistic, Re- what is the ideal say, combo? We're not talking Joe Alton, uh, with the two linemen. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I mean, talk. Go grab a tackle. Which tackle? Uh, I would say I like J.C. Latham. If yeah, J.C. Latham's fun. Mm. If he slips, yeah. If he I did, do, I don't think awesome. he would be there. Be there, but yeah, I would probably say Tyler Guyton. I was about okay. to say six foot seven, three hundred thirty. If we're talking about getting bigger, get bigger. Get to the point where you. I know Jordan Morgan's a fantastic mm-hmm. tape player. Yes. He, he's had a great week at the, at the Senior Bowl, but he's six foot five, three twelve. How is that different from what you have on your offensive line already? Guyton's got more size upside. wise. Guyton is a bigger player. Yeah. Give me the beef. Give me the bigger player in that offensive line first round, then you could go and grab a guy like BB in the second round, and then all of a sudden your offensive line is a completely different make. That would be glorious. You want That's what you want? Yeah. But, what, but wait, wait, wait. We wait. just love the Big 12 here. But, okay, wait, wait, wait. Whoa. Barnacles. Uh-oh. Um, no, 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 no. And um, you want your running back. No, BB is, is a... He's a guard. But he's got tackle flex. Okay, but is he, he's a left guard or right guard? He's played on both sides, but I think he's a left guard. Okay, so what you going to do with Tyler Smith? He plays left tackle. Yeah, he's playing. So Guyton is just there for decoration or something? Uh, right or, or Cooper BB can play right guard for you or in, you can in the see future. If, or you can see I don't if think BB can play. I don't think BB would be a plug-and-play play play. center. You I don't, don't think, think BB's a plug-and-play guy? I don't think so. For them, depending on what they end up doing, I think that they do like Tyler at left guard. And I don't, Zach Martin, you assume, is back. But hope. eventually, you know, you're, that's that's a position where you're going to have to probably fill as well. So, but what about your guy then? So then, so then Cooper BB could be your maybe right guard. Just, just going to be a good backup. He would be this year, and you definitely need that, don't you? That's fair. Yeah, yeah. You need depth in general. But I think he. I mean, I think he's a starting player. Yeah. So for me, I'd go first round. I still want to go ahead and address the center spot. Give me Graham Barton from Duke or Jackson Powers Johnson. I'm good, but I'll take Graham Barton. I don't think Jackson Powers Johnson is going to be there. I don't think I, so. I'm, I'm starting to talk myself out of that, that yeah, slim same. hope. That happened yeah, yeah. so fast. I would love. That I happened would love so fast. <laughs> if you're talking about ideal scenario that's realistic, I mean, I yeah. guess Jackson Powers Johnson. There's the a lot round. of dolphin hype right yeah, there. With I him. don't think he makes it past 21. And I don't Miami think. I also, really? Yeah. I don't think this is the draft that Dallas would go jump above 21 to go get a guy to jump inside the top 20 to go get a guy yeah. i don't think this is that draft if anything i would think they would pull the parachute and drop out of the first round mm-hmm. but if there was a guy to go get it go do it for it would be jpj in my eyes okay out of oregon by the way all right 
Can I go next? Yeah, go Name for it. Know? Okay. Um, or more to know. What, what do we call this? Tell me more. more. To know. Tell me more. There we Got go. It. Rookie. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to tell you more about a, a Ricky Pearsall, a receiver out of Florida, um, originally from Corona del Sol uh, High School in um, Tempe, Arizona. Or excuse me. Yeah, Tempe, Arizona. Um, Glendale. Glendale, Arizona. There we go. Anyway, uh, started his career at Arizona State with uh, Jaden Daniels. Uh, they worked together for three seasons. Um, that guy was pretty Or two good. seasons. They worked together for two seasons. And he wasn't crazy productive uh, at Arizona State. He only had four FBS offers coming out of high school and only one Power Five. And he locked it down with Arizona State relatively soon once he got that offer. Um, went to Florida out of the transfer portal after Herm Edwards got fired uh, uh, from the Sun Devils. And whenever he went to Florida I think he probably benefited from Florida needing uh, being really needy at the receiver position and, and they were man g- going into that 2022 season they needed receivers so bad and I think they they jumped on a couple of guys and I think if you had asked him at that time they probably would have said that they jumped on Ricky Pearsall but Pearsall ended up being a really productive receiver for them he's a highlight machine anything that touches his hands he's grabbing um, he has that inside out flexibility uh, he doesn't have the crazy size that maybe the Cowboys would be looking for if we're talking Cowboys specifically um, but I, I compare him to Xavier Hutchinson Hutchinson in the way that when you throw the ball to him, he's going to bring it down. Yeah. And he's he's really productive. Um, didn't have as much production as Hutchinson had at Iowa State uh, coming out of last year's draft. Ended up with the Texans, I, I believe, in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a guy that I think could could get jumped on in the third round. Uh, he had a huge week in Mobile. Uh, he was one of the receivers that is just turning a ton of heads. He has great route running. I, I can't find anything that is a major concern with me when it comes to him. I think the one thing that you could look at is uh, a run blocking. He's, he's not great in that department but I, I something I why I bring up a receiver here um specifically there's going to be a run of receivers here in the third round mm-hmm. there's going to be oh, yeah. a lot there's going to be a ton of them you look at Ricky Pearsall you look at Roman Wilson out of Michigan Jamari Thrash out of Louisville Brendan Rice out of USC Jermaine Burton out of Alabama Jalen McMillan out of Washington these are all guys that could be third round picks I think there's going to be a huge run in the third round of receivers if you're looking for the Cowboys to go get a receiver in this draft then I think you look at that 86 86 spot uh, for for uh, the third round mm-hmm. I think that's probably where you see them jump on one well Pearsall had the catch of the year again yeah he did I mean my gosh he went up with his opposite hand stabs it in the air one-handed pulls it down gets absolutely smacked holds on for it smiles well and that's <laughs> dude dude was a stud yeah. the smile point. had the that was the cherry yeah. on top yeah. yeah that's what I wanted to add to some of your notes about him I as far as route running one of the best I've watched mm. so far one mm. of the best I've watched just you can tell he has such a good feel for how DBs are trying to set him up and stuff and he, he mirrors well he's he's a good player um, but also too when you talk about the size people are concerned about the size this guy can win him he can win off press he can and so I, I think with people are like oh you know he's kind of schmittle you know I don't know if he's kind of schmittle he's kind of schmittle I don't know if I want to uh, He's, he has a, that toughness that you mentioned and that tenacity. Mm-hmm. He fights for the ball when it's in the air. He tracks the ball very well. You talked about the how efficient his hands are. The yak is good. I, I've been. I was so impressed when I went to actually watch him because I, you know, you see flashes the Senior Bowl, but when you turn him on, you're like, oh, this dude just knows what he's doing out there. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to add on to the the thoughts about Ricky. I think that if you're worried about his size, he can still win. Man to man. I feel the same way about Lad McConkey from Georgia. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, they, he, he looks small. It's like, man, uh, I don't know if this guy can really translate to the NFL, but all he does is get natural separation because he is such an absolutely phenomenal route runner. He can line up all over the place, catches everything, super fluid athlete. Uh, and I think he's also been turning some heads at the Senior Bowl as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, are you doing? Did you do your tell? Me? Oh, you did your. We're good. Me? I got PB out of the way. All right, all right, all right. My so, refrigerator. Um, my oh, you gonna say it? Use it. Oh, wait. Okay. Nathaniel Watson, linebacker, uh, Mississippi State. Mm. Uh, he's 6'2", 245 pounds. He was SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he did have some off the field stuff at the DUI. Maybe that gives people some pause the year before. But as far as the player, this is a tone setting player. This is a feisty player, linebacker. Um, um, definitely, he the sideline to sideline speed is fantastic. The closing speed is crazy. The determination as a rusher also, too, you can use him um, in some blitzing situations. Um, he'll toss a running back. And if you want to put a tight end out there, I mean, good luck. Have fun. Um, <laughs> he, he can cover. He can defend the run. Um, and also, too, like I said, he can rush the passer a little bit. He has a nose for the ball. He has had two 100-yard, 100, 100 uh, tackle uh, years in a row. 
um, 35 tackles for loss, 10 sacks last year. He's just ruthless in his pursuit, and I, I, I think he – I don't know if he's going to get any bigger – uh, maybe people are like, oh, maybe I want him to be a little bit bigger than 245. I think he's very lean, and he's he's um, uh, his size fits what he does as a player. But that, to me, might be one of the only things with the off-the-field situation and also, too, is he going to put on more size? Mm-hmm. I, it, that might be a concern. But as far as the player, dog, I think he's a good person to add to your second level because of the coverage ability but also, too, that – I'm coming downhill, and I'm about to let you know right now. Using yep. him close to the line of scrimmage, all that stuff. What have you? SEC Defensive him? Player of the Year. Yeah. I mean, he was he was awesome this past year for Mississippi State. I, yeah. I I love what he does in the run game specifically. Yes. But I think there is some ability there in coverage as well. But it's the run game specifically that I think is so impressive with him. Yes. Being able to cover sideline to sideline, uh, pre-diagnose things, and, and be able to jump on it before the offense does. It's uh, it's really impressive. With him That's why he stood out. That's why he stood out because we talk <clears> about. DUI, maybe he slides a little bit, maybe he's just, you know how the Cowboys are about these type of humans. So I think he could be another guy that you could look at, maybe add to your second level and come down there and stop yeah. the run with d- decisiveness and, and um, ferocity. If he's a defensive player of the year at Mississippi State, you're doing something to catch the attention of the national media to get to that point. Do you think he falls enough to where Dallas would be in that category? I'm I'm curious. Like uh, again, mm-hmm. I, we're gonna have to do a little bit more digging as yeah. as time goes on or whatever. Um, the DUI was not this year; it was last year. It was mm-hmm. 2022, if I'm not mistaken. May 2023. Yeah, what well, May 2023? So okay, so he went through the season, bounced back, responded mm-hmm. well to that adversity. Sure. I think that says something about the player. I wonder, you know, with how he does with interviews and stuff, if that yeah. will make a difference on what they decide. But it, the player is a player. Mm-hmm. We just got to see what the other, the other stuff goes. How yeah, and I think that's when those interviews become really important. Absolutely. I don't, I, I'm not going to write off a guy. Um, I'm not either. Uh, or, a, or a college kid because of a uh, because of a DUI. I'm not saying it's not serious. It's definitely a serious thing. Yes, um, it is. Um, but I, uh, I'm not writing off a guy because of that. Yeah. You got to do your research on it. That's the number one thing. And that's what a lot of these all-star games and what the combine is for is a lot of interviews. Oh, they got it. They got all the info. (laughs) More info than they know they have. They know. Exactly. They get it done. All right. That does it for us today here on the Draft Show on Tuesday, 11 a.m. Central Time. We will be back with the whole crew to break down what happens during Senior Bowl weekend in Mobile, Alabama. We'll watch the game tomorrow, let you know what we think, and bring you some more prospects to talk about on Tuesday as we return here to the Star in Frisco. For Chris Beam, Nick Harris, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morris, and I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you on Tuesday with more of the Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?